I'm Kim. I'm Megs. Welcome to the At With Them podcast. Hey. Welcome back to the At Wits End podcast. I'm Kim. I'm Megs. And in this week's episode, we want to talk all about our 20s, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Being in the latter half of our 20s now, it's, for me at least, it's crazy to look back at even just where I was a couple years ago because she's a different person. The amount of, the amount of phases we go through in such a short period of time, I feel like it rivals, people always say that about your teenage years and I really feel the 20s are like more so where I noticed that I was, I don't even know who I was yesterday. You definitely go through a lot more in your 20s. Like you can't compare being 14, you know, like what the fuck are you doing at 14 compared <laughs> to like, you want to know what I was doing in month one of 21 versus month six? A lot happens. So different. That's part of the beauty of your 20s is that, you know, all of us are experiencing many similar, f- not f- like phases. I don't like the word stages because that implies that you got to go in and come out, but it, you're, it's fluid. You're experiencing things at different times. They'll last different lengths. And the how Taylor Swift says, it's miserable. It's magical. <laughs> you know? And it's your 20s. Well, yeah. Going off of what you said, that you don't there isn't like a phase and sometimes I look back and I'm like wait when did I stop doing that or like when did I start doing this or you know when did I stop being like as interested in going out to a bar on a Friday night and like more down for a low-key hangout that kind of stuff like when when did that change I don't even know you know what let's go back even further when we talk about these changes right you don't notice them like okay what is the biggest difference between let's say 15 and 25 right because all of that kind of becomes a mess that's a 10 years there you know maybe the the latter part of your 20s is similar to the mid part of your 20s but that like 15 to 25 biggest difference what would you say i'd say in comparison for me i was way more reserved in my teen years less self-assured I guess I feel like I was very much felt like I needed to please people more or maybe needed to like you know just like every teenager like you needed to do things to fit in or you needed to act a certain way or dress a certain way or whatever it was versus I look at me at 25 and I almost go the opposite direction where like I'm resistant to things that I feel (laughs) are people pleasing I feel like I make more of an effort to go against that or at least I'm aware of those situations in a different way than I was when I was 15. Yeah, that's actually a really good point because like a lot of those like late teen years are like really trying to go with the flow <laughs> and yeah. you know, trying to join in in the herd as they're making their way downtown <laughs> and now you're like, nope, it's the rural life for me. <laughs> 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 and it completely changes, right? I think for me, it's it's a car. Like driving is like that's a big one mm-hmm. you know the hell could mm-hmm. i do at 15 i had to ask to go everywhere yeah i think that's definitely a big difference now i feel like a lot more with relationships and in, in terms of friendship romantic relationships anything i'm very much more take and relieve me you know like i'm not <laughs> i'm not changing <laughs> versus when you're a teenager i feel like you're like hey what do i have to do to get invited to that party or like what do i have to do to fit in and be the person that other people want you to be yeah, and you're I'm always like looking. well this is me 
Okay, so have you heard that quote? Oh my god, I don't even remember exactly what it is, but it's one of those Pinterest quotes. It's, your 20s are your selfish years. It's a decade to immerse yourself <laughs> in every single thing possible. Be selfish. <laughs> like, travel, explore, love, laugh, like, never touch the ground. What? What do you think about that idea of your 20s as being all about you and your best years of your life? Don't waste them. I mean, like, okay, so if you ask 17-year-old me, I'd be like, wow, the 20s. <laughs> <laughs> Whereas, like, that quote is just such a such a cringy kind of quote for me. Like, there's parts of it that I like, and then there's, there's things that I don't love. And I think it really gets, it starts off with the word selfish, because I think that has such a negative rap to it. Why would you use that in what's supposed to be a super like inspiring go for it kind of quote because it's basically mm-hmm. saying that it's something practiced by the worst kind of people true selfishness if you want to say selfish in a positive way because i've looked it up before selfish there's no oh positive word for being selfish unless you're like talking about self-seeking or maybe like yeah self-serving could be better because it doesn't simply imply that you're just paying too much attention to yourself and just not enough yeah to others what's missing for me in this quote is it implies that only you matter you know and like maybe people need to feel like that and so like what I would love to see is that narrative to be changed instead of just you 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 it's still about you but observant of everything else around you and that this is a time for like observing studying growing learning calculating with the you know trying things and traveling if you don't travel does that mean you've wasted your 20s or you Mm -hmm. know are you waiting for for having a little bit more money not sleeping in a disgusting hostel with 15 other people with your backpack strapped you know under your shirt (laughs) and the bathroom bathroom being in another building around the corner that you have to walk through in the middle of the night there was a call to travel when you're young but you're also more than like going to be poor and maybe Mm -hmm. that's an unnecessary way of traveling just so you learn and you see places differently than when you do have a little bit more money the learning part of that quote is missing that's what makes it a little cringy and it's be selfish and ignore everyone else and just do whatever take no responsibility and just like fuck it yeah that's not for yeah me. it's interesting that you read it that way because for i also don't like the quote but for me it was that it feels very isolating that the 20s are your best years you're never gonna get them back you're never gonna have a decade like this again so like what about your 30s like what what if my my 20s are my 40s like you know what i mean like yeah, I mean, you it's can't like peaking right like you don't want to peak in elementary school right from yeah like a... and like oh my god yeah it's like when you think back on those people and you're like oh they peaked in high school ah! like that was definitely <laughs> and you're like <laughs> like i i genuinely count myself lucky every day that i still don't feel like i've peaked because still working towards the big guy <laughs> yeah. like you haven't seen anything yet i don't know i just find that <laughs> it doesn't make me feel good that quote one like you're telling me that the 20s are the only years that I have to really like make the most of life on my own time but also it's to me it also says gets pressuring like just feel like I'm not doing enough when I hear that quote because yeah 
and the thing is too like okay so we're gonna get of course everybody's stories and everybody's journeys will be different but oftentimes I don't know if this is implying that once you have a family once you have a partner once you're a little bit more you know when you're in university you're probably living in a few different places or if you don't choose to be in school like you're starting work whatever you're doing it feels a little more nomadic in your 20s so does it imply that once you have a family or once you're a little more set in your ways you can't have fun anymore (laughs) you can't do what you want to do and it's false you should always be trying you know to do that it's like yeah it's balanced and like you said like everyone's on different phases and stages in their life so for some people they might look back and be like yes the 20s were my you know years about me that was what I did and whatever and feel fulfilled and then you've got someone else who has a completely different situation and they you know started a family in their 20s and it's it, you know settled down and like maybe moved across the country or like whatever the case may be people have different stories and they can all be equally as fulfilling in different ways yeah and I think you know having selfish years if we're gonna say also look okay, so I was listening to as part of a Pinterest conference a few days ago and mm-hmm. they were talking about advertising and when when you try to advertise when there's something negative did you know that Pinterest no longer has political ads for like a couple years since 2018 there's just no political ads they oh that's cool I knew they didn't have COVID information like yeah if you so they actually it's... removed all anti-vaxxing information pins anything in 2017 oh and wow when they talk about them being a positive safe space they're like you're not gonna have people don't want to they're talking about specifically about businesses and buying and stuff you know positive spaces you're gonna get a better you're gonna get better results from that and when it's negative right and so I think when you throw in the word selfish in there it creates like a negative response to it right so that's why I'm not so no I agree let's move into our phases and stages and and eras and decades did you feel like you ever had uh freedom fever um I don't think so but I feel like I had a lot of friends that did for me I was fortunate that my parents always gave me a lot of freedom within reason obviously but like I ever really you know pushed the boundaries of what I was allowed to do a big part of that is because I really didn't feel like there was ever anything that I wanted to do that I wasn't allowed to if that makes sense yeah going away to university it wasn't like all of a sudden I was thinking oh I don't I don't have to sneak out to go to this party like that's amazing because like I was always allowed to go to the parties and stuff in high school and like that was always just like (laughs) it, it just was the way I brought up I guess and because of that I feel like I never felt the need to push the envelope so when I went away to university it wasn't there was this whole new world of things I was allowed to do because I think as long as I was being responsible my parents were pretty okay in, yeah I feel like you're in high you're school low-key the dream high school child because like so when we say freedom <laughs> fever just for anybody who doesn't you know isn't fully aware of that term it's it happens a lot of times associated specifically with university so when you're like 18 19 and you go away for school and now all of a sudden nobody's telling you what time you have to be home what you have to eat you know who you have to see or can't see and you just you go bonkers and you just bringing that word back (laughs) from episode one i literally heard somebody say that and i was like oh just you wait (laughs) yeah they just go they go nuts and it's like freedom and then everybody's watching them disintegrate into it's like you should probably eat and get some sleep and not not do those things what about you did you feel that way yeah a little bit like my i'm I'm the oldest and you're the oldest too which i'm gonna have a word with my old mom mom, let her do this yeah no i was a little i was a little yeah i snuck out i was a little bit more of a wild child when we left i just remember remember that realization of arriving to school being like there is no time that I have to be home by 
you know. (laughs) I'm never going home. Going to the convenience (laughs) store, getting slushies, and, like, just doing things that were stupid. (laughs) But, yeah, no, it wasn't wasn't too, too bad. You and I, I mean, I think we can both say that we're pretty self-assured people. (laughs) Uh, We tend to always think we know what we're doing, but did you ever have, like, an age or a phase where you were like, I'm an adult? I'm clearly... Because I think, like, for me, I look back now, me at 23, or, like, I look at 21, 22-year-olds now, and I'm like, oh my god, you're children. Like, you don't know, but I know that I thought I knew. embryo. (laughs) Yeah, you're a little fetus, but... (laughs) Yeah, you know nothing. Yeah, no, when I worked as a graduate student, and I worked with a lot of first years, and I would just be like... I, I remember profs and TAs like laughing a lot in my first couple of years of school and I'm like these guys are a bunch of bitches you know like why are they laughing at us (laughs) in like the second year of my master's I was like (laughs) I get it but definitely have always been super self-assured like oh just watch me make my own dentist appointment whether or not I actually felt like an adult nah not really because I always panicked that I felt like an adult imposter I was like (laughs) that old lady knows she sees right through me (laughs) oh my god I still feel like an adult (laughs) imposter most days I'm about to have a fucking baby and I'm just like "Mm -hmm." I'm I'm a baby (laughs) literally I'm like how can a grade six at heart raise a newborn baby I don't know we're gonna find out the real true indication that you know you're an adult is when you realize that no adult knows what they're doing yeah that's when you've made it is when you've when you've stopped looking at adults yeah when you find out your parents are people it's it it stings and you're like oh okay yeah you lost your temper because you're a human being and (laughs) yeah that's that's the like the sting of adulthood is realizing that all adults nobody knows what they're doing (laughs) there's never gonna be a day where you're like oh i get it you know what i felt like an adult snob when i came back from uh traveling so i think that's maybe the only time where i was like yeah, I'm adulting, what of it? And it's when I was traveling for a long time and I came back and I was like, I've been to more places than you and you and I know way <laughs> more about the world than all of you. And my dad's like, <laughs> I remember telling him this and my dad's like, I was in 43 countries by the time I was like 23. And I was like, eh, okay. <laughs> you know, I was like, never mind. <laughs> okay, here's a stage for you. The I hate everyone because I'm unemployed and it feels like an era period of your life. Did you go through that oh, one? No, that, yeah, that one hits big for me. Because looking back at, you know, the time I graduated university, to so say like 21-ish, like I got my first job before I graduated, my first full-time proper job. Yeah, you're already a real person in my eyes. Like w- right when we graduated, you you had, I was like, wow, Kim's shooting for the stars here. <laughs> Honestly, I had that mentality too. Like I really, I think I got spoiled. I was hired before I had officially graduated. I was already, you know, transitioning into my job, finishing up university at the same time. I had no gap at all, but it was a one-year contract. It really gave me this mindset because it was the first proper job that I had applied to and gone through like multiple interviews and like panel interviews. And I was like, oh, I'm unstoppable. I clearly am going to get every job I've e- all I ever want because I killed this one. Yeah. It, it, I was so wrong. Fast, <laughs> fast, fast forward. 
after this contract was over and I went back into the job search process and I, I didn't even have the fortunate situation that sometimes people have of having a job and also applying for new jobs and you kind of have that security blanket. Yeah. I just was really looking for anything and I just remember going so many rounds of interviews and disappointing phone calls and being like I'm unqualified and talentless like I'm living with my parents for the rest of my days because <laughs> no one's ever gonna hire me and I can't even get a cat because my mom's allergic <laughs> yeah like I just was like oh, this is it this is it for me like I'm clearly not meant to be employed by anyone ever obviously like, silver lining things did work out eventually it wasn't really in the way that I planned I really feel for like, just like people that are in that phase now because it makes me stressed even to think about navigating that unemployment process in you know scouring job posting going through interview after interview and it's just like it really is so much of your energy into things that can really feel like they're not paying off they yeah like writing a cover letter I hate cover letters like yeah what, what kind of silly I feel like it's like one of those things that is still around but really, let's update that. Here, here's my resume, but just like talk to me. We'll get yeah. a lot further that way, you know? And I get it. It doesn't make sense. And anybody in business is going to be like, you can't feasibly do it. Whatever. I just think there's, I hated writing them. Yeah. No, I agree. I mean, I think that's why freelancing really resonated with me because it, it's a, it's a very different hiring process and, oh, it's a vibe. you know, yeah, well, it kind of, and it was more just like, hey, we need this. Can you do it? yes, I can, cool, you're hired, start tomorrow, you know, that's it. Let us know when you can get it back to us kind of thing, yeah. Yeah, like it was very, because I think because freelancing is such a less permanent decision, at least in the eyes of the people doing the hiring, it's a lot easier to just kind of like test run people and see how things play out. Yeah, versus because it's a, a job. project, for the most part, you have a lot of project-based you know, work, work yeah. and stuff, right? And so for anybody who doesn't know that Kim is the queen of uh, cold tea, you can find her <laughs> freelancing account at Cold Tea Social. So everybody go follow her yes. biz account. She makes the cutest graphics ever. <laughs> Another question for you. What was your most dramatic decision that you've made in your <laughs> 20s? Now I know there's going to be some disagreeing when I when I answer this one. I had to think about it because I was like, dramatic. I'm never dramatic. Like, and I, I think, <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I know. Continue. <laughs> but like for me, I don't think I'm dramatic. Just because everybody else recognizes me as being the most extra person on the planet does not mean that I self-identify as being dramatic. Just to interrupt for context that I once played you Bridget Jones' diary for the first time and I genuinely thought you were never going to speak to me again because you were so upset that she wasn't happy for the first half of the movie but anyways go on tell me how you're not dramatic I, I, I live my life to the fullest and it's not drama it's being alive Kim. Um, so i think probably my most dramatic non-dramatic decision was i chopped off my hair and in previous episodes you'll you'll have heard me talk about my hair is like a huge part of my identity and just who I was. And when I turned 25, I was like, you know what? We're just going to go ahead and do this. And I chopped it off. And like my hair was down to my belly button for years. Like I think somewhere mid high school, I was like, I'm going to grow my hair. And then I just was obsessed. I was like, I'm a mermaid. It flows. <laughs> you know, and it was so much of like who I was. And then I turned 25. I didn't tell anybody I went to just like first choice, which like rock on first choice haircutters, Waterloo, you guys are the best. 
and I just blunt cut (laughs) took off I think like 10 12 inches it was it was a lot and it was dramatic for everybody else and like granted there were things going on in my life otherwise that people were like oh that's why but but I just felt like I was like you know what this is time I'm halfway to 30 (laughs) you know like let's go for something fresh and what's fresher than literally clean crisp hair and now when I think about it I wish I did it sooner I just want sharp hair I gotta go for haircut again and like (laughs) I'm just addicted to having Anna Wintour yeah (laughs) be aggressive (laughs) yeah I think like cutting your hair is really as much as it's such a cliche oh they're trying to have a fresh start they've like changed their hair yeah I mean you know I I love (laughs) yeah like I I mean I always love changing up my hair but it's it really is because I just feel like a new person blonde Kim and brunette Kim are they're different people yeah currently Um, Kim is is like tones of steel gray yeah yeah we're not sure who gray (laughs) (laughs) we're about to find out yeah we're not sure who gray kim is yet but we'll find out <laughs> now did you feel like you ever hit a second win where you know you partied a lot at some point and then you kind of took a step back and relaxed whatever and then you're like oh no and then so you started partying again at 24 or something and the hangover lasts that many hours where it's like 24 hours and it's still not any better and you're just not going well i mean in a way i feel like i'm in that phase now no, like, i'm gonna tell you i know the answer to this one and i'm gonna expose you okay because like <laughs> the thing is is you know i feel that all of university was kind of the partying phase but then my job getting out of university was with the university so i worked you know all my best friends at that like time were still in university like it was the people that were still around that I was super close with and so we I still went out all the time and me in that year yes well you're included in that like all the people that I was still surrounded (laughs) with were were still going out all the time we're still kind of like partying all the time and so I was still in that lifestyle and then I went from that to traveling and I went like deep into that phase my 23 partying phase was more what most people's like 21 partying phase was okay okay i don't necessarily think i'm in like a re-partying phase now but i'm definitely in the phase where my hangover lasts three days (laughs) so like i look back at those university days when it was like we went out every night of the week and I'd still be up and at my part-time job by 7 a.m. Oh, and yeah. Ew. like Ew. I don't even know how I how I did it. I just remember uh, so many days sitting there being like don't don't throw up don't, don't throw up don't throw <laughs> okay, up. So I have and... this very vivid memory of you. The reason why I'm asking about this the second one is I just I remember this comment that you made. I was also doing a fuck ton of school like I was working three jobs and it was just really hectic. My schedule had to calm down a little bit partying wise. And I remember talking to Kim in fourth year and she's like, I'm just not going to say no to anything and I'm going to enjoy it. Oh my God. <laughs> I, for- I forgot that oh phase. Oh my God. Spe- <laughs> speaking of phases of your 20s that you've forgotten about. Because <laughs> you were drunk the whole time. Yeah, it was just really in like a, I'm going to make the most of this year and every time someone wanted to go out, I was down to go. And like, I don't regret any of that. Like I had such a like fun last two years of university now I just feel like I mean we're obviously in a pandemic now and there's no such thing as really going out at all but pre-pandemic I already had kind of felt going out was such an occasion it you know I really had to build myself up to it for the whole week and I knew that the entire next day was me on the couch with a bottle of apple yeah, bottle of apple juice, bag of sun chips. Those are my hangover necessities. And I just knew that, I, you know, I was blocking off two days for a night out. 
<laughs> that's funny that that's your is that your hangover remedy i guess yeah apple juice or tim horton's peach juice and always sun chips but sweet chili heat doritos will do in a pinch Oh wow! Okay, see, I'm uh, I'm all about the wonton soup with. Um, oh yeah, you've plain... been wonton soup for a long time. I remember that. <laughs> yeah, that was the best. I was like, actually, you know what? Super embarrassing story. But when my husband a couple of years ago, we went to like the craziest Thanksgiving I've ever been to in my life (laughs) you know those two things don't really mix but our friends hosted like a friendsgiving in toronto and we ate we enjoyed and they're like let's go dancing and i was like huh (laughs) i just ate a lot guys okay you know and so we went out and they lived in a really great part of toronto and we had this awesome night and drank way too much there's this deadly game called 200 that we played and it's just like do you want to throw up play this game and the next day you know we had to we had two kittens at home and so we had to drive back from toronto we're like okay we gotta buy everybody who's still sleeping and gonna be super hungover and we got back and on our way back um my husband had just bought a new car and we weren't married at this point we weren't even we were just dating and he loves his car now he loved his car then and the whole way back from toronto to waterloo which is like a little over an hour i'm like don't throw up don't throw up he's gonna break up with you (laughs) You and so then we i was like hey let's go to the mall they have a place where i like to get my wonton soup and that's my cure and i'll feel so much better and i won't chug like three power raids on this drive and i was like hey we're gonna do it so he goes inside i swear he was gone for an hour and a half i don't time just (laughs) was like well no time stops when you're hungover and you're like how is time not passing and i like opened the door you know and i was just sitting like and it was like october so it wasn't hot wasn't cold and i'm just Mm -hmm. dying you know very early in the morning in in conestoga mall parking lot right finally he comes okay we're gonna go we're gonna go eat this food literally we drive i don't know three meters i'm like stop the car and i exit the car proceed to throw up in the parking lot in my like pajamas and i was like yep this is it (laughs) oh yeah that was my you know like (laughs) it's like those days where you wake up and you're like if i don't move everything's okay (laughs) as long as i don't move if i don't get up i don't have to embrace how i (laughs) feel i'm not alive unless i move (laughs) (laughs) just stay very still and hide from the hangover Okay, well, on the opposite end of partying, what do you think about playing house too soon or like not soon enough? You know what I mean? Like just when do you think there are more people in their 20s who rush into, you know, living with a significant other or what do you think? Heck yeah. Heck yeah, I do. So playing house is something that one of our friend's mom would say constantly. And when I heard that for the first time, it really stuck with me because I was like, oh, yeah. Oh, oh, definitely. Like I'm a victim and I'll say victim because it really like once you get out of that, you're like, oh, rough. That was not that was a hard lesson learned about you know just doing for me it was I took that definition super literally or like I saw that in my life super literally because I like to cook I like to clean I like these household chores I like doing laundry and I would do this for other people and if you we want to talk about selfish it's like no you should only be doing this for yourself and and for me personally that was sometimes I did that a little bit too quickly and then I'd look back and I'd be like why on earth did I think that it was a good idea in general yeah I think that when you don't have so like when you're in high school then the next step for a lot of people are like a logical progression is to go to work or to go to school and same thing can be said in relationships that there feels like there's this logical progression 
towards something and you in relationships like you start off you're talking to one another you start like you're interested and then you move on to some dates or dating then you're together and then after that point you take those next it's all about steps I feel like in relationships when there isn't a clear direction sometimes people when the relationship is not really strong they rush ahead into the next part because they mm-hmm. feel like yeah they're ready for it this relationship is so good and like they can't stay in a certain or it's like a make it make it or break it kind yeah, of like thing. they gotta keep like... moving or else if they stop then it's it's dead yeah yeah so it's hard <laughs> when you're going through it you have no idea looking at your friends who are going through it you're like what is she doing and then I'm like doing the same thing and I was so hypocritical of me to, to exhale at anyone. <laughs> yeah. So. Well, it's always so different looking at people's situations from an outsider's perspective, especially when it comes to relationships versus like being in them, you know? Oh, oh 100%. Like quick to comment, quick to judge, quick to be severe on people. And, mm-hmm. All right. Quarter life crisis. Kim is older than me significantly. <laughs> She'll be 27 in June and I'm not 27 until November. So. Significantly. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> what can I say? I'm, I'm cutting the audio. <laughs> I'm just okay, so quarter um, life crisis. I mean, honestly, I feel like I have like five a week, but um, are you at your wit's end, Kim? Like oh, every day of my life. Um, I think, especially as we get into our later twenties, it's so easy to compare, you know, ourselves to other people, and kind of like what you just said, people in relationships and moving on and you see these people at different stages and you think oh my god I'm supposed to be doing that or oh my god would I be happier if I was doing that or more successful if I was doing that or am I doing it wrong because I'm not doing it that way I mean social media really doesn't help with that because it's just it's so easy to find people that are similar but different to you. I think the social media aspect I've never really grappled with on a personal level but on a professional level because uh, you know I have a a separate business account I run for my job as a freelancer and I follow a lot of other freelancers a lot of other designers and like there is such a fine line between I find other people's work so inspiring a lot of the time learned so much from like you know having a community of other people that I engage with but at the same time I know exactly the line when too much scrolling for me becomes oh my god I'm not doing it like them so like is this even the right career for me am I even good at this you know it and it's entirely based off of watching somebody else's highlight reel sure and sure. not focusing on you know your own experiences there's actually a Star Wars quote that will uh fit in perfectly <laughs> into what you're feeling. naturally <laughs> So not exactly the same. So it's not in the same context per se, but in um, the first Star Wars movie, there's a group of people, they're escaping. Have you watched Star Wars, by the way? Like, Yeah, but I'm like not okay, a Star yeah, yeah, Wars person. Okay, so there's people and they're escaping and then underwater in like a little sub and then a fish bites them. But then a right. bigger fish bites that fish and the quote is there's always a bigger fish and i think that's kind of yeah there's always someone who can do it Mm -hmm. better or or like for your personal expectations and reality you know there's always someone who's like oh i wish i could be like that but they're not well like i i do think i i see it the most with my career like that's where i for me that's where my quarter life crisis is come in is is really in terms of my work versus i'm a little bit more 
grounded or like assured in my personal life, yeah. I guess. But I think it, it really just can be applied to anything. It's just that feeling that you see someone else doing something and it's like that inability to take it as just, oh, that's a good idea. And instead you're like, oh, that's a good idea. They're doing all the good things that I'm doing. Yeah. And also they're doing this good thing too. But you don't know what you're doing that they're not doing. Exactly. And, and so like it gets so... And also uh, behind the scenes, like you don't... This is the one thing is especially if, if a lot of this is rooted in social media as it like forcefully has to be in the last like year because mm-hmm. of COVID. What you... What's really hard to remember is the... Just the staging and the... And the you know, you can force a hand or force a feed to look a certain way we always laugh really good example of this is kim i don't know if you remember but a couple years ago i posted this photo on national flamingo day with a flamingo floaty (laughs) and myself oh yeah yeah i remember that that. i do remember that post yeah so like what people don't see in that photo is that i'm actually ankle deep in water and that floaty is well above my waist but it looks like i'm what sit like it's not an was not cute if you just took a few steps back but the way we took the photo made it mm-hmm. look so like ah oh, yeah flamingo summer it's like that quote comparison is the thief of joy yeah like you see so much of other people's stuff and like we're just we live in a world especially right now but even before pandemic where i think we just see so much of what other people are up to and people that without social media wouldn't matter in our lives and then you just i think that triggers a lot of people's quarter life crises that was the whole point to what i was saying that social media and just being almost like overly involved in people's lives I think is a big trigger for a lot of people in terms of doubting where they're at on whatever path they're on no for sure okay so hair makeup clothing what has that looked like for you through (laughs) through the 20s give me a timeline jinkies oh my god that's that's as bad as bonkers you know what I shut up I, I take that back. Please h- refrain from. <laughs> Wait, we're not allowed to say shut I go up. Silent. <laughs> I'm going silent for the rest of the episode. Have fun finishing this by yourself. Good luck in school. So like, okay, clothing wise, I don't know, super aggressive that I'm always changing up clothing and stuff. Like right now I'm super excited for like, mom vibes. You know, I picture like high rise Levi's and some vintage sweaters and cool sunnies and some sort of sneaker that I've yet to determine that will be like the next vibe and stuff. So that's always been, I kind of changed that up. But <laughs> funny one for me is, is I, I have really tiny, very straight, ugly ass eyelashes. And for like a good, I don't know, five years, my motto was like, she told a story as long as her lashes because I would get extensions, <laughs> wear fake lashes. You know, when I see somebody with beautiful lashes, I'm like, wow, things must be working out for you in life because how could they not? <laughs> you know? And then before that, it was, I was really into like blue mascara. I was going to say, I hope you're going to mention the blue mascara yeah, phase that because cool, that right? was really like key, I feel, in your development. <laughs> the eyelashes one like that's we can really see the changes and then clothing's been pretty consistent um okay so love and liver abuse what are your thoughts on that what can you tell us about that (laughs) the defining the defining phrase of your 20s really i think if if uh my (laughs) 20s had a tagline but i was thinking the other day how it's so funny you know when we were planning this episode on like phases of your 20s one definitive shift is where people go to meet each other 
And like, I don't know if that's because there's just as a natural shift between university life and then post-university life and you don't really have that kind of community you're surrounded with anymore. But I just think back to our university days, nobody was on online dating apps. Like that wasn't a thing really. I don't think it even existed, right? Like 26... Tinder did. uh, In fourth year, like right at the very end, but not before. I mean, it was around, but it was just not really something that was super common or people had it, but they certainly weren't looking for relationships on it you know what I mean like it just wasn't a common thing and nowadays anybody who I know who's been in a relationship or gotten into a relationship in the past two years they're like oh we met on Bumble we met on Hinge like you never hear people that are just like oh we met when we were out one night or like we met at a bar or like a friend of a friend at a house party it just that was such a huge shift and I just think that is interesting when you're talking about phases of your 20s that there is like such a shift in that sense of where people go to meet new people in general it really is tied to liver abuse (laughs) in (laughs) in the early stages and then it's just not so much when you're older and especially now with being at home all the time it's just it's very different well I feel like yeah that could go one of two ways being at home all the time either increases your alcohol consumption or decreases it depending on like mm-hmm. so sociability and, and how you feel. But I really wanted something super open-ended for this. And I'm, I'm happy with how you took that because like the complete change in authenticity in regards to meeting people. And I know both like different different people that are on these dating apps and everyone's like, I'm a nice person just trying to find another nice person and I just get weirdos. <laughs> <laughs> I feel for everybody that that's yeah you know here I am the old married hag and I'm like oh back in my day (laughs) (laughs) I haven't even been married a year yet so (laughs) my husband's already rolling his eyes hi (laughs) Dilo old married hag (laughs) what does hag even mean it's not flattering oh hold on It's so much funnier now that you didn't know that it was insulting. Oh, I oh ooh. I thought hag um, just meant like married and like British. <laughs> I guess. Are you ready for the definition? Yeah, I guess so. Noun. Okay. A witch, especially one in the form of an ugly old woman. Used in a sentence, an old hag in a dirty apron. I mean, the dirty apron part is true, but. whatever oh wow that was excellent okay sometimes i think i have like a complete control of just language and phrases and words and i'm like i know more words than anybody i'm an old married hag (laughs) prior prior to you being an old married hag what would you say the signature of your 20s was it's a mix between like i'm here for a good time not a long time and then slash I'll sleep when I'm dead, slash, I'm going to go take a nap because I deserve it, slash, I'm not done yet. (laughs) I I would also, if I were to label the signature of your 20s, I would call it venti Cali style caramel macchiato, please. (laughs) And I'm only going to drink one third of it. It's been a common complaint about me for years, but I try to finish drinks now, okay? I'm really bad at finishing drinks, too. It's literally why my business is called Cold Tea Social. Why are people so down on me? Like, it's my drink. I paid $8 for it. Fuck off. (laughs) We have three years to go. Well, three and a bit years to go. What are your... What are your thoughts on on wrapping up the 20s? Honestly, I don't know because I really try not to think about getting older. (laughs) I'm excited, I think, for the next 
era or like decade i mean i'm only 26 like it's not like i'm only really halfway through my 20s but i think the older i get in my 20s the more i like this later stage but i really did dread it at first i think turning 25 was like a rough one for me because i really or maybe 26 somewhere in between i don't have that same like oh no i'm this age like i don't really care it's more about like how are you planning on celebrating my birthday week that's what i'm interested in (laughs) yeah i don't know i think it doesn't really bother me it bothers me more so on the day after my birthday but it doesn't (laughs) it doesn't because like i'm i'm caught up in the celebrations though (laughs) on my birthday i think it's more so when i feel like there's just so much I want to accomplish and when I feel like I haven't accomplished enough I am like oh my god time's moving so fast but (laughs) got lots to do really it's no different than like the day before but yeah I'm excited by how much has happened already and how much is going to happen but I don't know for me what helps my sanity is thinking on like exactly one year ago perhaps the pandemic is like not a good situation to play this game in normal time most often you can look back exactly Exactly one year previously and and just think I hadn't even done this or I didn't know this person or like yeah all these things that just changed so way. drastically and then you're oh how I don't even remember what life was like without this thing or doing this or being this way that that's re- reassuring and like inspiring in a sense too right mm-hmm. what about your thoughts um I don't know. I think for me, the biggest thing is like, I'm, I'm trying to grow old with grace over here. And I know that anybody in their 30s is going to want to punch me in the face when they hear that I consider 30s being old. I'm always really busy. And I just I hope to be able to cram in as much as I can. Because, you know, we're mm-hmm. here for a good time, not a long time. <laughs> Sleep so. when you're dead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Like, I'm just, I'm excited. And from, like, a clothing point of view, I'm really excited, too. Because I just, I have such a baby face and people, yeah, I get ID'd. I have not yet not been ID'd. I always get ID'd because I just look like a 15-year-old, apparently. I'm like, think about the lo- the logic of you IDing me. <laughs> like, you're implying I look 18 <laughs> or younger, you know, but... <laughs> I like that. And now for our filial math segment. <laughs> Today we're talking about spawning of coral and their excellent timing through time and space. So, Kim, if I were to say marine invertebrates, what do you think of? Or, like, invertebrates in general. Like, would do anything? Jellyfish. Good. Yeah, okay. So, like... Okay, I'm really glad that was right. Because I, I wasn't confident. I was just going with mostly, you know, when people are like, you spineless jellyfish. Like, <laughs> I was really... I, was, I, I actually wrote down in the notes, ask Kim what that thing is when they say, you have no backbone. <laughs> you know, yeah. Like, that's exactly spineless. what it is. Yeah. So, it's like, yeah. you have no vertebral column, no backbone. I think a lot of people don't realize that spiders, scorpions, beetles, flies, crustaceans, so like crabs and lobsters, they're all considered invertebrates. The one kind of creature you don't normally think of is coral. Corals are within a class of anthozoa, okay, of the phylum Cnidaria, spelled C-N-I-D-A-R-I-A, which is such a pretty word. They take root in the ocean, which, you know, like if I tell you that, like, or if I'm telling like a seven-year-old that, right, that they'll ask me, you know, is that a plant? And although it sounds very plant-like, they can't make their own food the way a plant can. Instead, they have these tiny little tentacles that are always... If you've watched Finding Nemo and you watch how Jacques, the little shrimp, feeds himself, they're like these tiny little hands that are always moving and kind of moving water and, and nutrients through them and in them. And that's how they eat. Right. When you see giant 
coral structures. Think of it like hundreds of thousands of little creatures called polyps. And they're all together in these colonies and they'll, they'll surround themselves with skeletons made of limestone that attach either to rock or to dead polyps. And so you have continuous life and death cycles and that's basically how reefs are born because as polyps die, new ones grow and then they attach themselves onto the bodies of old ones and then all of these colonies are basically huge living things that grow very slowly. Corals can reproduce both sexually and asexually. Okay, so (laughs) we'll get to the sexual part later. But when we talk about asexual reproduction, talking about something called fragging. Imagine there's a (laughs) big, which I thought sounds just as sexual as anything, right? (laughs) Yeah, you want to frag? But think of it like if there's a bad storm in the water, a piece of coral gets broken off and it, you know, goes somewhere else. That piece is a fragment, which is where fragging comes from. And it'll attach somewhere else and it'll start growing, but it's a clone. So from like a genetic diversity, you always want populations to have lots of genetic diversity. And so in this case, if you're just cloning, you're going to have It's one like when a worm gets chopped in half. Yes. Very good. <laughs> exactly. <Okay>. Right? Uh, <laughs> but <laughs> they also can reproduce sexually. About once a year, thanks to both lunar cycles, water temperatures, length of day, there's all these different factors. All of these colonies... I get down to business, okay? So it's a little bump. <laughs> like, all this coral is getting busy by the full moon. Like, <laughs> like it's crazy. You know, when I was looking at the, like, the lunar cycles, like, that's a whole other thing there. But there are literally thousands of corals that will simultaneously, and we're talking about corals of the same species, because they're living things. There's different species, there's different groups, there's different families. So those of the same type. Same species, genus and species, right? Mm -hmm. They'll simultaneously release their gametes all at the same time. It's crucial that their timing is like to the millisecond perfect because those gametes are only viable for a few hours. When we talk gametes, we're talking about um, male sperm, female eggs. Those gametes that they're releasing have a lot of lipids in them, like fat. And so they're attached to those and they float up to the surface. Yeah, at the surface, that's where fertilization begins. And then they form an embryo and they develop into larva called planula. And then after a few days of, you know, development on they're floating, then they'll slowly drop down. If they can, then they'll try to attach and they start growing at a ratio of about four inches per year. Now, the crazy thing that we learned is that if you were to take a piece from Australia and you bring it to London, England, the timing mechanism will work and the spawning will still happen at the same time. That's cool. Isn't that awesome? So literally through, and they don't know how, they know why, because it has to be perfect. It looks like, like a, like a snowstorm underwater once everything is released. Yeah. Imagine thousands are all releasing it. And so no matter where they are, they do it at the same time. Like you can have them in a lab and they'll do That's it at so the same cool. time. That's so cool. And it's like time, space, it doesn't, and, and they're still trying to figure out how and what exactly is happening. And I read maybe in a future Philomath segment, we'll get into like, I always thought that when I heard the word coral bleaching, that coral was dead but that's not the case right oh i thought it meant it was dead yeah so that's that maybe we'll we'll add that into a because i i got into a really big rabbit hole but just for sake of time (laughs) we won't get into that but just know that like yeah corals have their timing down down to down to the second and that they work together even when they're apart and i was like if your Uh. 20s are about anything it's about timing what a way to oh cute (laughs) tie-in yeah thank you do what i can (laughs) Well, anyways, so thanks for joining us. Now, I don't think we introduced that this episode 
Um, this episode is titled Hindsight 2020. Make sure you follow us on Instagram. We are at at Wits End Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> the double ats is really like we didn't think that went through. I kind of like it. At at. Yeah, so we'll talk to you guys soon. Bye. Bye. Bye.